0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Today's program was brought to you by Consider Bardwell Farm in Vermont, a producer of award-winning handmade cheese from goat and cow milk. For more
2: information, visit considerbardwellfarm.com. Hello and welcome to Cutting the Curd live on the Heritage Radio Network. This is your host, Greg Blaze. Summertime is a busy time for those of us working in cheese. While we cheesemongers aren't selling as much as we will come November or December, now's the time we prepare for the busy holiday season. We visit cheesemakers and participate in trade shows and cheese festivals. We attend the Cheesemonger Invitational and the annual American Cheese Society conference. It's been exactly a month since the Cheesemonger Invitational here in New York. That weekend turned out to be so much more than an epic cheese battle between mongers from around the country. There's a chance to hang out with cheesemongers and cheesemakers alike and to celebrate cheese in this awesome community we're all part of. In honor of the American Cheese Society Conference, which begins tomorrow in Sacramento, I thought it'd be great to go back to some interviews I conducted along with Sophie Schlesinger and Andrew Siskind Weekend of the Invitational. These interviews feature some well-known folks in our artisan American cheese community. First off, we got an interview with Adam Smith, former Cheesemonger Invitational winner and current quality control manager for the sellers at Jasper Hill in Vermont. Adam's worked on both the retail and production side of cheese and gave us some great insight on the intersection
3: between cheese and everyday life. Alright, we're here at the Cheesemonger Invitational This is Sophie, I'm with Andrew Siskin and Greg Blaze Reporting for Cutting the Curd And we are joined by Adam Smith of Jasper Hill Thanks for coming on the show Yep. And we're talking to Adam today because he's actually a former winner Of the Cheesemonger Invitational two years ago in 2012 And uh, he's back, this time with Jasper Hill (coughs) Who is a big uh, supporter and sponsor uh, of this event So thanks for coming on the show Thanks for having me. So, tell us about your life post post when What happened? What's changed? Uh, I feel like it's been a whirlwind.
4: Well, uh, yeah. So, uh, that was in July, June, mm-hmm. two thousand twelve. In August, uh, I left Cowgirl Creamery because I was in DC uh, managing the shop there. Uh, it was awesome, but it was one of the things like you knew that it was time to take the next step, move on, do something else. Uh, so I knew folks up at Jasper Hill, and um, honestly, like, one of the things that really fascinates me about cheese is that you can learn about one singular subject, but while doing so, touch on so many other topics, right? And in college, I was an interdisciplinary studies major, which they called the football players major. I was going to say, that like golf <laughs> and like basketball? Uh, it was literally... <laughs> cross-country skiing. Parks, rec, and tourism. Sure. Uh, history, uh, international studies, English. It was a bunch of shit. But um, I like that about cheese. And one of the things I really liked about uh, being behind a cheese counter is, um, like I said, you can like find a... Um. Uh, y- you can work with a craft and uh, develop an expertise, but it's not totally singular. You don't get tunnel vision, and you get a, you get to learn about a bunch of other things. So, what my interest was, uh, or my where I found my interest line was, and uh, leading me was in just learning more about like cheese itself and like diving deep into it. And through working with cheese, the previous so odd years. Um, I knew that Jasper Hill was like to me the place to check out to like dive head in. You know, like talking about
2: for cheese making and uh, cheese maturing.
4: Well, so you have you have the barn. Uh-huh. So you have liquid milk production. You have turning that liquid milk into cheese in the creamery, and then you have taking that naked cheese without a rind, bringing it across the road. Sticking in a cave and aging it. And, I mean, there's no other place that I can think of that has all of those operations on one farm. And if you think about it, like, it opens up so many opportunities to learn if you're so inclined. You know, you can learn how to clean a teat. I kind of knew how to clean teats before that, but... Um, (laughs) You know, and uh, you can learn how to milk a a cow. Uh, You can learn how to make cheese. You can learn how to age cheese. Um, There's amazing people in marketing and distribution there. Uh, It was just like this epicenter of not only opportunities to learn, but people who were like amped up to learn and excited about it.
2: Well, you, you find yourself surrounded by people who, as you said, had passed through, maybe passed through being straight through the retail level and wanted to take that next step and uh, be able to get some more textured uh, textured environment.
4: Yeah, and like, you know, there, there were quite a few people. Um, Zoe Brickley, uh-huh. uh, she came from retail. Vince Razzinelli came from retail. Uh, Katrina Razianelli, yes. Vince's wife, came from retail. So it was, uh, you know, you find in a lot of industries, like, there's natural next steps and... Um,
2: What's... Uh, that's well being being a cheese, uh, cheese monger, we've we had interviewed him and, and talking about it. The the retail portion, just customers again and again and again, that gets a little
5: repetitive. It gets a little uh, I
4: totally dig it though. Well of course. You know, I love I love being a cheesemonger. Uh, because it's this um
5: well yeah, you, I mean you're not you know, you're not doing counter work now, so it's
4: you love it. It's yeah. <laughs> I can say that I love it and nobody can force well, me to yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I do no but I do like it. I didn't leave retail because I was tired of being a cheesemonger. Well i
1: not
2: that um, you're tired you know, of it, but I mean this was just search I don't think none of us here that are in this building right now could ever say we might be tired <laughs> of everything. True, yeah. Like we might yeah. like hate being a cheesemonger yeah. sometimes, but we're never tired of being sure, a cheesemonger
4: yeah. yeah, yeah, anytime. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like
3: yeah.
2: but no,
4: what are
3: you doing now at Jasper Hill? What's your role?
4: Uh, so um, when I first went to Jasper, I mean, it's in the middle of nowhere, to be fair, right? So it's I went from living in – I grew up in St. Louis. I moved to San Francisco, uh, lived in Oakland, and then moved to D.C., all metropolitan areas. And, I mean, you could say St. Louis in metropolitan. <laughs> Vermont Saint,
2: you're is – I is care, is not metropolitan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vermont is not the middle of nowhere. There's nowhere – is the middle of nowhere – is Mongolia. Yeah, <laughs>
4: yeah. so there, we have more resources than Mongolia. Yeah, right? you have the internet, right? In some places. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Paved roads <laughs> big part of Europe. No. In some places, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, but you're but in a
2: nice country setting. Like,
4: it's a beautiful country setting. Yeah. It's a small town, um, so it was uh, um, very different... So when I went there, I actually did an internship because I wanted to, like, you know stick my toes in the water before I jumped in. And I didn't want to find myself in a place where I love the work, but I couldn't handle like being in a rural setting because it's never somewhere that I t- truly live. So I went up there, test the water, did an internship, um, left for six weeks. I studied charcuterie and butchery on a, on a pig farm um, in Southern France. Because it's another one of my passions. sounds was really tough. That, <laughs> it was tough. What did you say it was a struggle for you? <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was
6: so hard. It was just hard.
4: It was hard. Um, so I came back, and I, before I left, um, I talked to Andy Mateo and uh, proposed uh, a position that um, I saw uh, could be very valuable, which is um, has morphed into quality management. And essentially what I do is I work with... Uh, all the vault supervisors and the cheesemakers uh, and sales and really everybody and um, uh, help coordinate uh, cheese care uh, according to the cheese that I see come in. So I check in cheese, I look at all the make sheets. So cheesemaker brings it in and I look at the make sheets and um, monitor compositional information, so fat, salt, salt and moisture, um,
2: you're like the expediter in the, in the, yeah. In the restaurant. You're, yeah. You're so, in the past. Exactly.
4: Uh, so, like, constantly tweaking the environments to, um, like, tailor them least, to, yeah. yeah, you know, and, and um, making sure that we're doing everything we can to take care of each batch of cheese because each batch of cheese, cheesemakers are awesome and they're super consistent. Uh, milk can change quite a bit. You know, there's every, uh, there's a lot of things yeah, that can happen. set
2: operation for the most part up there. I Absolutely, mean, so you Absolutely, can have you know, yeah. more variables.
4: Aside. There's a lot of variables. Yeah, yeah. And, and if an you don't adapt, plan. and you're consistent yeah.
3: until you're not. You know, yeah. it's like and you if, if you, you can... don't
4: adapt your practices and uh, you know change according to the cheese. Um, you know, when I first started. I would ask Matteo questions, and I want I wanted like prescribed answers.
2: You can't get that. Your, no, he your, would your say machines up there are all human beings. For the yeah, yeah. he, he would
4: them. just he would just put his hand like cup his hand around the ear his ear and lean towards the cheese cheeses, listen to the cheese. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> it's like fuck,
6: man. Like give me an answer, uh, but there was no answer.
4: So. um and I, and I got to say, I don't do it alone. You know, there's people who know more about the, the systems than I do. There's people who know more about the cheese than I well, do. Well, you're
2: part of a team, though. I mean, and that's, part of a really, really yeah.
4: strong team. And that involves, like, the cheesemakers, the vault supervisors, uh, everybody in, like, pack-and-ship sales. Like, everybody contributes a great deal to the quality. I'm just, like, the dude who... Um, uh, gets yelled at if the quality isn't high enough.
5: tough to be a But
2: then, do you also
4: take <laughs> yeah. all
5: the credit if the quality is good? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I try
4: to, yeah. yeah.
2: got to get better at that. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: So the CMI, though, do you feel like, like you know, I mean, that's, that's an interesting juxtaposition for you. You competed, you won, you mm-hmm. dominated, you know, came and, and kicked ass. And then, boom. Sh- yeah. Now, but here you are again as a sponsor. Yeah. And I saw you uh, lecturing and uh, the contestants <laughs> yesterday. I yeah. talked to three people yesterday who said that, uh, they really enjoyed hearing you talk uh, because you gave awesome. people things that they could use. Sure. Um, and I think that that's a, um, an awesome uh, step for people. And It's because you were maybe a retailer, so you, you're talking to a bunch of people whose job is to retail cheese. Yeah. And you explain to them, uh, you know, how to take care of their stuff. Yeah, and it's tough
4: to talk to a table or room full of cheese muggers that are obviously at the CMI for a reason because they're professionals. And uh, you know try and find things that can help them do their job better because obviously they do a kick-ass job at their job already if they're here um, but you know what I encourage that what I encourage them to do is uh, like keep keep their ears open and their minds open and even though you know a lot of the information that you hear, uh, whether it's like you're at CMI or a fancy food show or a trade show or whatever you um, there's often redundancies in information and you can like zone out when you hear somebody talk it's like oh I've heard this before uh, but there's always if you listen closely enough there's always like a nugget of information that you can take away and that can help you do your job better and like help sell make age better cheese whatever however you find yourself handling cheese you know so that's all I said it wasn't anything special uh,
2: yeah. that's that's <laughs> the shit <man. laughs> well I want to say uh, thanks Adam for coming on sure and, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it's good to good to have you have you here. Uh, the last time I saw you, we were uh, jumped in a van and brought together. And
4: uh, uh, to be fair, you <laughs> jumped in the van, and then I jumped in the van, and everybody's like, "Who is this guy?"
6: And I was like, "He's all right." I was like, "Hey guys, I'm going with you." <laughs>
1: Today's program has been brought to you by Consider Bardwell
3: Farm, spanning the rolling hills of Vermont's Champlain Valley and easternmost Washington County, New York. Three hundred acre Consider Bardwell Farm was the first cheese making co op in vermont founded in 1864 by consider stebbins bardwell himself rotational grazing on pesticide free and fertilizer free pastures produces the sweetest milk and the tastiest cheese all of their cheeses are aged on the farm in their extensive system of caves
1: consider bardwell farm is also a big supporter of heritage foods usa's no goat left behind program No Goat Left Behind is a serious effort launched in 2011 by Heritage Foods USA designed to introduce goat meat to American diners and provide a sustainable end market for dairy animals.
3: For more information, please visit www.considerbardwellfarm.com.
2: Matt Spiegler is known for his blog, Cheese Notes, and for creating some pretty spectacular cheeses like the Finback Wheel. In this clip from the evening of the Cheesemonger Invitational Competition, Matt talks us about his cheesemaking experience and how social media brings the cheese community together. This is Greg Blaze, Andrew Siskind, and Sophie Schlesinger reporting live from the Cheesemonger Invitational for Cutting the Curd. We're here in Long Island City at the Larkin Cold Storage Warehouse. And with us, we're lucky enough to have the cheese blogger extraordinaire and cheesemaker, Matt Spiegler from Cheese Notes and... Uh, the Finback cheese. How yeah, are you, yeah. man?
1: Good, good. Doing well. What
2: are you thinking of today's CMI?
1: Uh, well, it's the usual insanity. There were some pretty uh, great, perfect bites. Uh, I thought Emily's was pretty good. Absolutely. Mm, yeah. Yeah. What
2: um, uh, what did you say? Did you just uh, gorge yourself out there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I tasted pretty, a lot of d- bites myself, yeah. and I thought that some were uh, some were less about the cheese than the other stuff. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. Um, you know, and then
1: I think that that's... Uh, there were some pretty over-the-top concoctions. Yeah. yeah?
2: Yeah. What's the craziest thing you ate out there?
1: Uh, well, it actually I it actually tasted pretty good, but there was the one with the key lime pie underneath it, and I uh, oh. forget all, everything that was going on there. I thought What I cheese mean, was that? I don't know. Key lime pie underneath?
5: <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing. Like, if you don't know what the
6: cheese was, right.
2: then what's going on with I right. mean, no, but, but seriously, it uh, <laughs> might be a
5: little difficult
2: for, uh, for folks. Um, I was talking about that with one of the judges, uh you know when you're out of your um, your element sometimes you know you get cheeses assigned to you it's uh, it's just a little bit different but I guess that's the fun of uh, of competing in general you know
5: it's the one event here i know they used to do the plate your slate i don't think they do that anymore but no. it's the one event that i i love it because i understand how how much appeal it has for a, attendees but to me, that's it. Just has nothing to do with counter work. Like I've never had to make a perfect bite of cheese for any of mm, the fifty thousand right. people I've cut cheese for. But but yeah. it
2: generally what's but it is a part of cheese because if Absolutely. you're working at a cheese counter and you have. Large amounts of, of like miscut cheese, or not? Or you just have like little scraps of cheese, and you're selling like attendant cheese co- ac- accompaniments. Yeah. You've done this like a million right. times. Oh yeah, you're like right, right. bored, and you hand out. What's like, open in the Dude, right. I found this thing of pickles and some mustard and lard and others. I put it all together <laughs> in this bread that we forgot to eat yesterday. It's the best thing I've ever had in my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or if
3: you work at a place like Italy, where it's mostly Italian, or Sax, yeah. all American, and people come in and they're like, "I want." Pecorino. Well, we don't have that, but yeah. I know you're making this pasta. Like, do this. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> it's gonna be fine. <laughs> it's gonna be okay.
2: <laughs> so, Matt, uh, along with that, being a a, a blogger, a premier mm-hmm. cheese blogger, and the. Uh, as Sophie said probably the only one that's worth the it. only yeah. one you need to read yeah I don't think oh, well, you're the man there's a not. lot of great if blogs out there <laughs> right? that's a <that's> very <laughs> strong I don't know I don't
3: know I'm a, I'm a let me old. have my opinion I agree with you um, <laughs> the, the angry <laughs> <calls>. <laughs> the phone is blowing up
2: pitchforks outside I'm used to it um but you're also uh, making cheese now, correct?
1: Yes. So yep. you got up
2: to Vermont uh, mm-hmm. to um, the Woodcock Farms. Yep,
1: I did a one-month uh, sort of stage of sorts up at uh, Woodcock Farm. But with, you were uh, minding the, the farm. They were, like, out of
2: town, and they, like, lent you the facility, uh, basically, y- right? Mark
1: and Gary were out of town. Okay. Um, but their daughter, Sam, was still there. You had so a chaperone on the farm. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so she definitely knew, you know, where, where all the equipment was if I needed to find it. or you know, I mean, she was... She basically she was sort of running the show, and I was helping her out for most of the time. Mm-hmm. So,
3: but this isn't your first. Like you've done a lot of cheese making training. You've done yeah, yep. Yeah, I did you've viac, done um, other stages, I mm-hmm. think maybe
1: yeah. Much. This was the longest one I've done so far. Okay. So yeah, and you also and made did cheese. They also, but the the nice, the great thing that they did is that while I was there, they allowed me to use the vat to sure. make my own batch. So for that, I did a cheese uh, that I called Finback Wheel, where I basically took a The smoked porter from Finback Brewery, which is a new um, brewery in Ridgewood, Queens, Uh uh, that a couple of my friends started, and uh, washed the wheels with that, and so, you know, made the Finback wheel, Um, and uh, Ann Saxelby was nice enough to carry it at uh, Saxelby Cheesemongers and distribute it as well. Yeah, I've heard of that place. (laughs) Yes, and it was and a small batch. It we was about as much you know, as I could
2: get without uh, getting cut off from uh, getting an. Insulin. Yeah, I mean
1: there was forty like, wheels total, so people were getting like you know three wheels here or two wheels there. But, I'm not going to yeah. tell you how many I got. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: but they you know, was great. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> they were relabeling humble pie. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> brother um, no, but um, that was a that was a fantastic cheese did, and I mean. It, I mean, I, I definitely, I know you also made cheese uh, in your, like, in your home, mm-hmm. and uh, and you, actually, you and I uh, feel like Elena and uh...
1: Elena and Yos, and, and, yeah, Yos and Joaquín, yeah,
2: right? You guys are Damanana, like, yeah, yeah, you guys are like a little gang of urban cheesemakers, yeah, cheese and yeah. 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 <laughs> um, cheese, so
1: cheese toasts, local cheese, <laughs> exactly, great. <laughs> right.
2: I mean, you know, it's like uh, bathtub <laughs> cheese is. Fantastic! Um, did you? Like there were to- no bathtubs involved. But I just <laughs> have to make sure, for the record, yeah. um, did you like to work um, on a larger scale like that? Oh yeah,
1: start? I mean, you know, honestly, like after working in a real vat, going back to you know home <laughs> cheese making is a little rough. But yeah, cool. So you know, right now I'm you know looking for other opportunities to do something similar. You know, um, kind of I'd like. I mean, it's, I, it's you know sort of a pie in the sky idea but you know I have this idea of sort of gypsy cheesemaking similar to gypsy right. brewing
5: it's know? a very mm-hmm. but it's a new idea I mean you know yeah. it's,
1: it's I, I think it's
5: very unusual for a cheesemaker to be like oh yeah I made a cheese I made 40 wheels it's like yeah. it was a one time thing I'm not making it again right. <laughs> in six months I'll have another cheese that you could buy from me mm-hmm. um, and it'll be you know a similar run like you know the, very much the way that some gypsy brewers and even smaller craft breweries operate where you know the, the standard model for cheesemaking is you want to just Keep making cheese You get the process set up You know Nobody wants to make 10 wheels of cheese And then never make That cheese again Right Yeah But you know Like we we're You know Your stuff was crazy In demand You made 40 mm-hmm. wheels of cheese And I mean Every single bite Got consumed by someone Who fervently wanted it mm-hmm.
3: Had well, to it. And that's kind of Something that's been Coming up with a couple Of people we've talked To this weekend Like we were talking To some people At Neil's yard yesterday And one of them was like You know people should just buy what they're going to sell and just, like, strip all this other shit from their stores. So it's kind of a similar idea, which is really smart because it's, like, I don't know, it's almost like riffing off a CSA model. It's, like, just sell what you're going to have and then do that again, and, like, you'll always sell it. And that's... There needs to be,
2: like, a, a, a test. Um, like, you you have guest brewers, like you said, you know, they go around. There's It's be interesting, I think, to establish establishing uh, as... Another another gentleman who we, we all know Benton uh, Benton Brown. Mm-hmm. He's uh, yeah. he's taking yep. a uh, you know an urban building. He's uh, was loggering loggering sellers to to age cheese in Crown Heights in mm-hmm. Brooklyn, which is uh, I mean I I've helped build a, an aging facility in New York before, but it was built above ground <laughs> in like a new facility. So you're taking that and within that he you know you know I know he has. Um,
6: mm,
2: There's other rooms, and I was wondering, Mm you know, someone like that, you have like a cheese-making test kitchen or a place where people can go. Mm
5: -hmm. um, But a contract
2: uh, facility, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah.
5: Depruff Browery in Belgium, you know, where Dirk now, probably mangling his name, a brewing science professor from Germany, you know, has tons and tons of brewers coming there to brew batches of their own beer, to contract recipes with him. I mean, you'll see breweries like Places whose names you would recognize, like Meekeler, for example, most of his beer is just brewed for him by Dirk at this standardized facility that's ultra flexible. And it creates this, you know. I I keep thinking about with the Finback wheel, like, I've never had somebody come into the store and be like, Did the new cheese from this guy come out yet? Like, oh, is is John Smith's new cheese out yet? And you're like, No, it's coming in next week. Would you you say,
2: um, I mean, that's a, but that's an effect of, uh, of, the work that you've done with mm-hmm. uh, working with social media, mm-hmm. people know you and they know you as an authority on cheese. So that when you make cheese, they, they know about it because you reach a, I mean, your blog reaches a lot of people. Yeah, mm-hmm. make They're us not, make um, us famous, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're like old time <laughs> radio. Like, I can be like smoking butts in here talking. To you. But um, and I, I mean that's 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 awesome. I mean, I wanted to ask you another uh, question related to social media and, and activism. Mm-hmm. And, um, I know that. Um, the day I mean, you the day that uh, we were talking um, um, to some someone I was I was talking to you related to you about uh, the FDA's uh, proposed ban on wood boards mm-hmm. and I would you know personally we was like I wonder if Matt knows this and within like 20 minutes you had changed your entire yeah. uh, your entire website and like to proffer a change like you know to oh, hashtag yeah. uh, save Our Cheese. it's mm-hmm. uh, fantastic um, how's that coming along with your with your uh, your research into that is—I mean—it seems to have died down. Or the people I talked to would seem less concerned. Is that a yeah? I mean, it seems like it's concerned?
1: died down for now. But right. I mean, every statement—the the FDA has even like straight up apologized. They came out with an apology recently. But yeah. all of their statements have been very sort of conditional and hedged a little bit. So like, they've always like, left room for themselves, yeah, you like know? the government office. Yeah, are you, say, yeah, are you <laughs> saying yeah.
5: that the federal government <laughs> yeah. won't give a clear right. answer on a complicated yeah, issue? Exactly,
1: <laughs> but. Oh, shit. I mean, it's good then
5: I don't want to live in in this country anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's good that I'm. Um,
1: I mean, they're not going to drop the hammer, I don't think, but they're definitely no, they're leaving the room for themselves to you know sort of bring in incremental change. I think in the future, potentially, but I don't know. Well, it's good
2: um, for our industry that there are folks like you that are watching out for nope. that sort of thing. <laughs> and uh, no, seriously, uh, you know, it, you that's it's good that there are folks out there like you that are watching out for that sort of thing, keeping.
1: Keeping the government in line, man. That's great. Really, I, I was that. just blogging about it. I mean it's people like you know American Cheese Society and Greg O'Neill and those those are of people who are really like, you know, so modest fighting hard, you know, and like doing for you people, know, the heavy lifting, basically. For
5: people who don't know too, do you want to really quick give the URL for the yes, blog just oh, so that please. people can check yeah. it
1: out? Just cheesenotes.com. It's on the internet. So you
5: go to the World Wide Web, <laughs> open your browser, <laughs> and Safari and the address bar up top, type ww. Cheese notes. Oh, you forgot the HTTP. You're right. Followers. You'll <laughs> never make it there. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much for talking to us Joe. today. Thanks. Thanks a so lot.
2: We'll be back with more interviews. On a few weeks ago, we had Veronica Pedraza on representing the new school of artisan cheesemakers in the U.S. In this brief interview on the night of the Cheesemonger Invitational, Veronica talked to us a bit more about her experience as a cheesemaker.
3: Hi, this is Sophie. I'm here with Andrew Siskin for Cutting the Curd on Heritage Radio Network. We're joined by Veronica Pedraza and Gabe Goodlett. Gabe is the director of sales for Sweetgrass Dairy. Veronica is the cheesemaker for Meadowwood Farms. And we're going to talk about
5: uh, football. Yeah, we're talking about we're <laughs> going to talk about uh, the, World the World Cup. Cup. <laughs> we're talk about uh, the cheese monger rotational. We're talking about what it's like to, I'm curious to know, I start off with this, what is it like, uh, you came down for fancy food primarily, mm-hmm. right? And, and it started today. Yep. And it'll run Monday and Tuesday. But I won't be here. No, but you, you came down, you're in Casanovia, right? Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. I mean I assume that you were like doing dairy work yesterday.
6: Yesterday, I woke up at 6 o'clock in the morning. I molded some Ledyard, which is a lactic set curd. I went to the farmer's market for two hours, and then I hopped in my car, drove down to New York City. Be here for Fancy Food Show.
5: What's that? I mean, the Fancy Food Show, not the whole show, but, you know, the cheese section is full of people. I feel like in that same boat, they're like, well, yeah, yesterday, like, I just, like, I stepped in a huge pile of goat shit. But, like, today I'm here. (laughs) I'm here in New York City. I'm, like, all dressed
6: up. Like, you know, it's... I'm dressed like my packaging.
3: You (laughs) are. That is true.
6: If you guys want to know what Veronica's shirt looks like, just go,
5: go buy some Meadowood Farms cheese. Hold it up to your like over your shirt in the mirror, and then that's like the at-home Veronica costume. Green and white checkerboard. Yeah, Um, but like, what's that like to like kind of? I mean, do you come down to the city a lot, or you make cheese like pretty much by yourself, right? So you just work all day on the farm forever?
6: Um, (laughs) no, I have an assistant now, Julia Lowry, uh, formerly of Cowgirl Creamery. She's holding down the fort. Um, I do have to leave tomorrow at five o'clock in the morning. So that I can get back in time, she's gonna culture and rent it and set the curd, and I'm gonna show up just in the nick of time to cut the curd. Just jump out of the car. <laughs> jump out of the car. I got my outfit picked out already to go to work. I'm just gonna be in that. So, uh, no, it's very difficult to leave the farm. Yeah. Uh, anytime, it's never convenient. You but feel once like, I leave, I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like, it? it's like you know.
5: I mean, I'm sure you sell, you know, some cheese in the Casanova area and around there. But I feel like, I mean, your cheese is like super primo. Like, I mean, it's some of the nicest stuff that's been at the shops that I've worked, you know, since it came out. And I feel like it has, you know, people kind of covet it down here in the city. You may not yeah. be aware of this, but like well, especially the, the yeah, that served, especially now. the Ledyard is like, I mean, like there's killer. Yeah, and there's never enough. It's always like, not that you're not making enough cheese, but it's like, you know, can we get, how much of that can we get? do
6: more work? Yeah. Basically.
3: So, but, you know, like... I
6: make about 240 pieces at a time. Which is about 70 gallons worth of milk. Yeah. That's like,
5: per se, for seven minutes. And then they're like, (laughs) calling on the phone, where's the cheese? (laughs) But, you know... Like, you, you you, come down and you, like, go out to dinner to restaurants that are going to serve your cheese on a cheese course, and, like, a guy with a bow tie is going to come out and cut you a one-ounce piece of your cheese? And
6: um, generally, I like to eat things that are not cheese-related when I'm <laughs> out of my work environment. Uh, last night I went to Sombar with Ann Saxelby. And Patrick Martins. I've heard of those Hell? guys. <laughs> Didn't they used to have a show on this network? Yeah, I, th- I think maybe they have something to do with this radio station. <laughs> it's hard to say. Um, so, how many times have you come to the Cheese Monger Uh This is my first time. What do you think? I'm a virgin. Uh, <laughs> I feel great. This is wonderful. There's a lot of screaming, which I was forewarned of. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah
2: springbrook farms produces one of the most well-known and decorated of artisan american cheeses tarantase in the following clip we hear a bit more about the farm and the cheese
5: this is andrew siskin i'm here with sophie schlesinger for cutting the Curd on the heritage radio network we are live at the cheesemonger invitational in long island city at Larkin Cold Storage, and I'm hanging out with the grandpa dudes from Springbrook Farm, and they're all looking like they are
7: really enjoying the CMI. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. All right. Larry. Larry Ferentz, I'm a cheesemaker at Springbrook Farm. Jeremy, I'm a cheesemaker at Springbrook Farm.
3: Christy, I do sales and marketing for Springbrook Farm.
7: Gary, I'm a cheesemaker at Springbrook Farm.
5: Right on. So you guys have come down from Redding, Vermont, right, where the farm is? Yep. Uh, to New York City. They're
7: definitely not yeah. making cheese right now. Yeah. for <laughs> so, like, the
5: Gamora that is New York City. Um, for the Fancy Food Expo at the Javits Center and for the Cheesemonger Invitational. I've asked a couple other uh, producers from more rural areas in New York City this question. I'll ask you guys, too. Um, what's it like to... I mean, I assume that within the last two days, all you guys were doing stuff on the farm making cheese. Like, So yeah. now you're here in New York City... Drinking wonderful six point beer, one of the great sponsors of the CMI here in Larkin Cold Storage. Basically, hanging out and eating roasted pig and listening to Adam
7: jump up and down on the stage. What's that experience? We're we're experiencing the reverse of what the kids experience when they come up to our farm. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's called culture shock. So, there's lots of lights and noises. We like New York. New York's a great market for us. Very
5: <laughs> hungry yeah. for your cheese. Yeah. Well you do you guys your we cheese. We don't have
7: radio shows in Vermont. No yes. But <laughs> they're all country. <laughs> <laughs> they're all country.
5: <laughs> now you guys get um what's the station that comes out of uh, field where uh, Goddard is uh, oh I don't know that
7: one or their, their
5: station but they I mean they do good stuff and they have a couple food shows on it's like a mixed uh,
7: VPR is great yeah, yeah. It's VPR they do a lot of coverage of local foods and food systems
5: well maybe we should go take the
7: show with VPR yeah. <laughs> sure they're
5: good yeah. so um, you guys are known for t- the two cheeses that you make primarily mm-hmm. Um one is an Alpine style cheese called Terrentes, and the other is a raclette style cheese called
7: is it Redding or Redding Raclette? It's um, Redding. 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 Oh. Yeah. That's we, a
3: new change, I think. Well, well, we're We, we want to
7: de-emphasize raclette. Okay. Because we want to get away from seasonal use. hmm We've made arrangements with other farms to buy the milk year round, so we're under pressure to sell, make cheese year round, and sell it year round, and You know so it's very hard for us to just think of it as a seasonal product and i think it stands up well on a cheese plate exactly the redding quite frankly while it's a good melter you could use it on burgers or vegetables or in a grilled cheese or macaroni and cheese it's equally as good on a cheese plate and so why not use it year-round just like tarantay's absolutely
5: now, uh, I, I want to ask you guys about the Tarentaise because I know that there's another Tarentaise cheese produced in Vermont uh, by Thistle Hill Creamery. Yeah. And that one is much less prevalent outside of the state. Yeah. And as I understand it, initially there was some sort of coordination um, between the two operations in terms of making that style of cheese in the region.
7: Yeah. We still have a, a relationship with Thistle Hill Farm. Um, and John initiated and licensed Springwick Farm to sell, to make and sell. Taze, which is a name that he he owns, and but you know he helped us set the place up, and hey, you know he, his cheese is different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think partly because of location, maybe some different um, aspects of the production that, that make a variation in the cheese.
5: It's always been. I mean, there are not really other American cheeses really made in that ilk. Where I mean, you talk about uh, Gruyere or or Conte, and and they're very different cheeses made by different people. But it's all you know. It's all Gruyere. It's just uh, and in America, it's not like everybody makes. There's no there's no cheese like that yet in the United States where it tastes different from every producer because it's you know it's it's different feed and it's different cows maybe and it's different ethos behind the production but it's all oh but you're still eating this except maybe cheddar and cheddar is such a broad category Hmm. that Mm -hmm. it doesn't have the same push and so the Tarantise has always been super interesting to me I mean in my experience as a monger I've done uh, a lot of times I've done the two cheeses side by side um, for people just to kind of see what that would be like to have you know two different expressions of the same sort of concept the same idea of a type of alpine cheese
7: yeah right and John knew from the start that our cheese was going to be different than his he he's, he said that in public on the on VPR I remember <laughs> he called into a show yeah. that was discussing that and said hey we're going to celebrate the difference we're not going to it's going to be different he knew that that was before he ever tasted it so it, is it just a, a two a two producer thing or
5: like if somebody else was you know close by and said you know I I kind of want to also try and make Tarantay's do you
7: think that the possibility would be there for that well that would be really in john's court you know that's kind of his his thing um we you know the farms city kids foundation has been going for 20 years mm-hmm. as a working dairy farm slash school and it is a, a school so we bring all the kids up from new york city uh and boston and other urban areas and sometimes we have new hampshire kids vermont kids for day programs but, you know, so the farm was in place, and they were looking for other options for the milk other than selling it to the commodity market, which gives you a below-survival yeah. income.
5: And that's a price that's, that's federally mandated, right? The, Apparently. The, the federal yeah, government I mean, says, this so is all we're going right.
7: to... I've talked to people who have been milking their whole lives, third-generation dairy farmers, they don't fully understand that system. The secret formula yeah. that says that milk is worth... You know, whatever, yeah. whatever the federal government yeah. says. So, government. Yeah, so yeah, so
5: we're free, we're, right? That's, so you guys didn't do anything to get this
7: out of the cows, right? Right. So <laughs> it's tied to some sort of commodity market, and with Tarantay with cheese production at Springbrook Farm for the farms for City Kids Foundation, it took milk production out of the commodity market and put it into a different place.
5: Now, I also recently this year had some cheese that I just, you know, if you guys want to talk a little bit about it, I want to let people know about it, that was produced with milk from Springbrook, but yeah. by Grafton. Yeah. Um, um, the Queen of Quality cheddar, yeah. which was out of this world good. I mean, I sold through, I was able to get two wheels from my wholesaler and sold through them in like three and a half weeks, and that was it. And I called and I was like, oh, do you guys have more of that Queen of Quality? Was like, no, man,
7: that was like a one-time deal. <laughs> yeah. um, how, did that, how
5: did that come around, that collaboration?
7: We thought it was going to be a one-time deal. Yeah. <laughs> but we, when we had to shut the facility down to do some repairs, and we were looking for a place to sell milk, and... and They contacted um, you recently to ask... They're are asking for a milk? Yeah. 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 Because now it's become a... They like it. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they... But Dane wanted to do... At Grafton wanted to do a, a you know, a specific production with our milk, and apparently... It was successful from what you're saying. But milk is the basis of our cheese. If you don't have good milk, you don't have good cheese. And so that's a tribute to the, the farm side of our operation, you know, the people making the milk, working with the cows and the herd.
5: Now, how involved are the, the kids, the students, uh, with the dairy production?
7: The dairy production? Yeah. Is there any well, they interaction work, there? They work in the All help. Milking help milking the cows but they also come in and they work a little bit in the aging room for us uh we let them do the older cheeses things I can't really mess up but they, at the same time they learn and that's really good yeah uh and they understand what what is the process and why we do things you know certainly they learn some of the chemistry behind the right. cheese making process
5: and so then do you guys uh serve any of the cheese on the farm like do they get to, to try
7: the kids yeah oh yeah Oh, yeah. Excellent. That's always, that's part of every time they come in to... Uh, Creating a, a new generation
5: of up. people who will show up at yeah. counters all across the area and say, you know what cheese I really like I had since I was a little kid? I'll mm-hmm. have some uh, Springbrook carrots."
7: <laughs> well, and the nice thing, too, is that, you know, they don't know how to, you know, they don't have any, there's, there's no wall there that says, you know... They're, they're gonna tell you what they think. In other words. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? So if they don't like a certain thing about it, they'll tell you, and it's always kind of interesting. true. You know? It's and the most honest tasting. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody
6: yeah. yeah.
5: should out. have some kids in the QC process. <laughs> <laughs> That's
6: right. Exactly. That's right. Yeah,
7: they'll just go, ah, you know, or they'll love <laughs> Spit it. Spit it out. But, yeah. but they, yeah, they, they, they truly have a different appreciation for it after they work in the aging room for right. half an hour. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah.
5: Well, thank you guys so much for speaking with us. It's been an absolute pleasure.
7: Sh- absolutely. Yeah. And uh, you're welcome. Thanks for what you guys do. It's a great show. Yeah. yeah.
5: Now we're blessing We know
7: <laughs> <laughs> we'll that right under it. Yeah, don't <laughs> no.
5: So this is Andrew Siskin for Heritage Radio Network with Sophie's Schlesinger Signing off.
2: Thank you all for listening to Cutting the Cut here on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm off to the airport now to join my cheese colleagues in Sacramento for the annual American Cheese Society Conference. Sure to tune in next week for some highlights of the conference along with Dr. Diane Stemple. Thanks a lot for listening. Take care.
7: Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network.
3: You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can
7: email us questions anytime at info at radio network.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 non-profit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.